Um, we are in our second week, but it's actually my first sermon of the series. Uh, last week, if you were here, we, we listened to uh, a pastor that has been shepherding and pastoring me from a distance for a very long time. Uh, you can go online and watch that on our Facebook page. Uh, but this is week two of a series that we've entitled, The Lord is My Shepherd. And, and it's a simple idea that God is leading us. And when you got saved, when, when you transitioned from religion to a relationship, it's the simple idea of, Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. And what's the sinner's prayer? I make you Lord and Savior. It's not enough to just say, God, save me from the bad stuff. But God, now I've transitioned to say, no, you are my Lord. You're my shepherd. You're leading me. I'm not leading me, culture's not leading me, and so we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit, and we're going to hit a really top, a, a popular uh, scripture to many of us, and um, it's out of Psalm 23. Some of you have this memorized, but it is a profound scripture, we're going to dig into it a little bit, and we're going to land on one specific scripture talking about the Lord is our shepherd. So, uh, let's dive in to Psalm 23, and we're going to start in verse 1. And it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. So the first thing we realize this morning is that our shepherd makes us do certain things. <laughs> yes. He leads me beside still waters. So he leads me. And he restores my soul. He is the restorer of my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. I'm not lacking. I'm not depleted. How many know that's good news today that I'm not operating out of a deficiency? I don't get up in the morning and have like just bottom of the tank for the day because the Lord is my shepherd and he fills me up, not halfway, not three quarters, but he fills me up to overflowing to the point where I've got something to give. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you're taking notes today, the, the kind of the subtitle of this topic is an invitation to the table. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the way that you lead and guide us by your voice, by your presence by your abiding peace. And so now, Holy Spirit, we just open ourselves up once again to receive from you and hear from you. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. That was awesome. I said like abiding peace and all of a sudden the fan went off and it was just like, ah, oh, <laughs> Holy Spirit's here. Okay, thanks, Joe. <laughs> Perfect timing, buddy. This is super personal today because God is saying, I want to be your shepherd. Now, you don't get to opt out of having a shepherd because we were created to be led. And, um, and, and, and the reality is, something's leading you. 
And whether it's your friends are leading you, the culture's leading you, the social media is leading you, or maybe you're leading you. And, and if we're honest, all of us have had that moment where, where we kind of had to prove, ourselves, prove to ourselves and to others that, that like we're capable. And every man on Father's Day knows what I'm talking about. When you first got married, how many know there's a point where you're like, I got to prove myself that I'm capable to lead this family. I got to prove to my in-laws and the whole deal that I can do this. Anybody with me? So, so this day came for me and it was our uh, honeymoon. And naturally, you know, at the very beginning of our marriage, I'm like trying to subconsciously prove myself that I am capable and so we were in, um, we were in Mexico. Uh, we did like a little all-inclusive resort um, to, um, not Cabo, but uh, one of the other places. I uh, can't remember, Cancun. So we're in Cancun. We did uh, the full-on like resort thing. And then we did a day where we went to like the town. And my, my wife loves to get a, a, bargain, a bargain. So she's all about like Craigslist and swap meets. And she's all about getting like a really good deal. And me, on the other hand, I like getting good stuff, but, you know, the thrill for me is getting something awesome, not necessarily getting it on sale. Heather will get something, you know, not even that great, but she's thrilled because she got it on a great, got a great deal. I'm like, babe, it's a piece of junk. She's like, but I got a great deal on that piece of junk, so I'm really excited. So, so this is the difference between us. So anyways, I realized in this first couple of days on our vacation that I didn't have a pair of sunglasses. And so I knew, hey, you can get Oakley's in Mexico. Now, y'all are chuckling because you know that those are jokelies, but at the time, I thought they were real, just like, I'm, I was just like, you know, I would have got a Rolex watch down there if I would have ran into one. Probably would have spent a lot of money on it, and y'all would have laughed at me. So anyway, I'm, I'm searching now for a pair of Oakleys. I'm going to get a great deal on these, like, you know, $100 pair of Oakleys, and I'm going to get them at a discount in Mexico. And so um, we're doing the, you know, there's this, like, big, long lines of, you know, lots of shops and whatever, and we're going to each one, and I'm searching for these glasses, like, Heather, I'm going to get glasses. She's like, okay, so now you know that, that you're supposed to bargain, and I'm like, Heather, this is my moment. Heather, I got this, right? I know how to shop, so I'm stepping up, and I'm like, I'm going to get a great deal. I'm going to show Heather that I am so capable of leading our family by the way I'm going to purchase these Oakleys. And so I go into the first store, right? This is where it goes all wrong. I go to the first store, found the glasses I want, totally convinced they're legit, and they're on sale for $22. And I'm like, done. That's an amazing deal. This is like a $100 pair of glasses. I'm getting them for 22 bucks. But just a little icing on the cake, I reach into my pocket and pull out a 20, and I'm like, all I have is 20. And the guy looks at me like, seriously? You're going to give me $20 for those glasses? He grabs the $20 bill, throws the glasses at me, and done, deal, right? Walks away. And I put the glasses on. I walk out of the store, and Heather looks at me like, did you just pay $20 for those glasses? I'm like, babe, it's a great deal. And she's like, oh my gosh, you are the worst bargain shopper ever. And I'm like, yeah, babe. So then I, for the next couple of stores, I'm like, Heather, I guarantee you, you will not be able to find these glasses anywhere else for cheaper. I got such a good deal. The next store, we roll in, they're on sale for $15 before bargaining. 
She's like, babe, we could probably get that for like five bucks. I'm like, well, I got them for 20, and I'm really excited about these because these are real Oakleys. By the end of the trip, they were like all scratched, right? The Oakley emblem was like hanging off, right? Just like. The truth is, if you're leading you, then your psalm goes something like this. I'm leading me, and therefore my life is a mess. Therefore, I am jacked up. I wouldn't know peaceful streams if they were staring me in the face. And my soul, not good. But Jesus is in the midst today, and he's, he's offering to be our shepherd. And he's saying, I will lead you. I will care for you. I will heal you. I will protect you. I will restore you. And if I'm your shepherd, you will never be in want. So the first thing we understand about this whole idea of shepherding is that um, sheep are not particularly smart. It is not a compliment when God calls us his sheep. Sheep have a very poor eyesight and sheep have one of the lowest intelligent level of all animals. And so Jesus refers to us as his sheep. You ever think about why Jesus says, I'm going to lead you by peaceful streams? So here's the reality among sheep. And if you were a shepherd or if you've ever read Psalm, uh, Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, then you will know that sheep, when it comes to finding water, because sheep get very thirsty. They have this huge wool they carry around and they walk around in the heat and they're always looking for water. And so they'll walk up on a raging river and they'll be like, boy, am I thirsty. And they'll see a raging river and they'll be like, yeah, get some of that. And so they'll bend down and then they'll lean down and they, they, they don't realize that they're, they're literally carrying and wearing like a giant fur snow jacket. And so they'll bend down, get some of that, and they'll put their, water, their head into the water and then their wool gets soaking wet and it pulls them into the water. And now they're floating down the river, <laughs> shepherd, right? And hopefully the shepherd's coming along. Why do you think they carry a shepherd's staff that has a hook on it? Because the shepherd's staff comes, this is a true story. The shepherd's staff comes running and grabs the sheep out of the water, pulls it to the side, grabs it by the soaking wet wool and puts it on the land. Now the sheep does not have high intelligence when it comes to its own well-being. So it'll run back to the river. I'm thirsty. I didn't get a drink, right? And the shepherd has to coax it, lead it, prod it to a peaceful stream. This is where you get to drink. You see what God's dealing with? I am not of high intelligence when it comes to the own, my own well-being and taking care of my life, my family, and my soul. So are you fighting it or are you embracing it? We need a shepherd. And if, and if you don't hear anything else, that's kind of the one, one of the main points is that like you need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. We are not capable 
of doing this thing on our own. And your friend down the street who's got more problems than you do, they are not a good shepherd for you. They will not lead you to peaceful streams. Y'all are going to jump into the raging river together. And God says, come on, follow me because I will lead you to places that will restore your soul. I need a shepherd. So this is the promise. When we trade whatever shepherd we had going for this shepherd, the psalmist says, you will never be in want. He'll lead me beside green, green pastures, peaceful streams. He'll fill me to overflowing flooring so, my, uh, so that I'm restored. And even when I walk to the deepest valleys, he will be there. And so I just want to focus for a few minutes on this whole idea of the table. That scripture specifically, and it'll be up on the screen, that specifically says, and he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now understand that I used to always think that this meant that there was a table, much like maybe that table there or that table there, and there was some things on it and God prepared it for you. And at any point you could come and get what you needed. But what we're going to find out is that that's not actually the picture. And it's not what David was referring to. And Jesus talks about it also in the New Testament and what exactly this is. Because what David was referring to as, as, as his shepherd is actually a table for two. That God Almighty invites you and I to. So, so it goes something like this. Shane, I've, I've prepared a table for you. Won't you, won't you come sit down with me? Now realize that it says it's in the presence of my enemies. So y'all aren't my enemies, but today you are. You are my struggles, my fears, my disappointments, my hurts, the stuff that makes my life just feel like it's imploding sometimes. And Jesus says, I have set a table right in the middle of it. And he says, Shane, Want to sit down. So excited that you came. You want some water? I don't need a glass because I'm the living water, but I'm going to get you a glass of water. I, I got everything I could from the kitchen, and I'm just like so excited that, that you would be here with me. How you doing? How's things going? I've been thinking about you. Praying for you. God Almighty, the God of the universe. It's not a table for you and your friends. It's a table for you just you. There's one seat at the table, and he has invited you to sit. Revelation, Revelation says it like this. 
Behold, I'm standing at the door. And this is Jesus talking. I'm standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. See, when David says he prepares a table for you, he's not saying, hey, out there in the wilderness, in the midst of all your battle, you know, I'm up here in heaven, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll send some angels and set up a little table and there's some like nice accoutrements and, and, and little like things there if you want to grab a snack in the middle of your battle. No, he's saying, right in the middle of it, I've come to meet with you. So now we can take this one of two ways. We can, we can see this as an intimate meal with Almighty God. Or we can do what many of us do. And we can be so busy doing amazing things that we treat it more like a drive-up window. And it would go something like this. Oh my gosh! Did you guys see this? Like, Wow, are these those awesome salami? I love this stuff. It looks a lot like what we had at Derek's house yesterday. Um, my gosh, and these, this cheese is so good on those crackers. God, thank you for doing this for me. Oh my gosh, wow. And like you're sitting there and I get to sit here. Wow, God, you're awesome. Hey, um, if you don't mind, God, I'm going to snap a picture real quick because I need to post this on Facebook because this is like freaking legit. So you stay there and I'm going to grab one of that. And then I need to get up here. So God, just give me a second here because I need to get, let me just, let me just zoom in. Yeah, so good. Facebook, hashtag dinner with the king. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Thank you. So here's the deal. I got a couple meetings to go to, <clears throat> so I'm going to have to bounce, but can I get a to-go? Can you have a to-go cup? I'm just going to take this to-go, and then I'll come back tomorrow, but like, thank you for this was awesome. I'm going to get my phone, and I got some meetings to do, but like, thank you for, for putting that together. And we, we move on, don't we? And we just had an epic drive-through photo shoot with the king. Because we had a lot of cool stuff we got to go do. Things to do, people to see. And the creator of the universe was trying to take an opportunity to make us lie down in green pastures because we don't have the intelligence to lie down for ourselves. So he's saying, let's take a moment because I want to restore your soul. I want to fill your cup to overflowing. And you can't do that in a drive-by picture shoot for Facebook. I want you to be filled to overflowing. And we go, thank you, God, but like, I'm so busy for that. I really need to bounce, but thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. So there are many things that we can't control in life. We definitely can't control surrounded by our enemies. 
the things that you and I have going on in our life, and maybe they're insurmountable, and maybe they're just annoyances at this point. Maybe it's a low-grade fever that you're hoping doesn't spike, and maybe you're in the middle of the storm. But whatever it is, there's so many things about that that you and I cannot control. And God is not coming today saying, I'm coming in, swooping in. I'm going to clear out all the enemies so you and I can have a meal. He's saying, in the middle of it, I am the eye of the storm for you. And at this table, there is everything that you need. Amen. Amen. And so we can treat this, I put it up there, as intimacy with the Almighty or a drive-through with the King. Which one are you going to choose? So in the middle of the struggle, God says, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Taste. Taste it for yourself. Because here at the table, I have all that you need. I'd like to spend just a few minutes showing you a, a video testimony of somebody who's walked through something very difficult and found the Lord's table in the middle of it. Watch this. Growing up, I would always look up into the sky and stare at the stars. I always dreamed of being an astronaut and working for NASA. I never imagined doing anything else. I started playing piano when I was six years old, and I absolutely hated it. My mom made all three of us take lessons. Jacob hated it the most out of all of us. Jacob was always the life of a party. He was always so funny and goofy and was just such a joy to be around. It was 3.30 in the morning and my sister came running into my room. She said, Anne, I think something happened to Jacob. And so I look outside and the only thing I can see are flashing blue lights. I run downstairs and the first thing I see are six policemen standing in front of my front door. They all had really sad faces. So I walked into the living room and I see my parents. My mom was sitting on the chair, screaming and crying. My dad was sitting on the couch with his head in his hands. And I just walked over to him and I just said, Dad, is he dead? He had just died in a car accident three hours prior. I was in shock. I couldn't even cry at that moment. It's probably the most hopeless feeling in the entire world when you lose someone that you love. It almost feels like you cannot take your next breath. I heard the Lord say to me so clearly, Anne, are you gonna trust me or are you not? So I turned around and I faced the doors in that room and I said to the Lord, Jesus, I trust you. As a family, it was very devastating to lose Jacob. When you lose someone you love, there's a decision that has to be made. 
It's very easy to be angry at the Lord and to blame Him, but the Lord really showed me that I needed Him more than anyone and that He's sovereign and that He's good no matter what. Yes, I have questions and, and it's okay to have questions, but there was no point for me to be angry at the Lord when I needed Him most. The next morning, um, I got some time to myself and I sat down at the piano and I just started to sing, What a Beautiful Name. I really just took that time to thank the Lord for giving me Jacob for the years that I had him. And as I was playing and just worshiping the Lord, my parents um, came in and they heard me singing it and they asked me if I would be willing to sing it at the funeral. And at first I said, no, absolutely not. Uh, I had never sang in front of anyone before. And so I sat down with the Lord and I just talked to Him and prayed with Him. And I just, I really felt Him calling me to sing at the funeral. And so I eventually decided that I would sing and I got some friends together and we put together a version of What a Beautiful Name. As I walked up on stage and I sat at the piano, the Lord took every bit of nervousness away from me. I heard Him say to me so clearly that I was called to worship Him. And He was saying to me, I'm calling you to worship me, to praise my name and to glorify me. And at that point, I had no further interest in NASA or doing anything like that. And all I had in me was the desire to worship the Lord and praise Him. The Lord has really put on my heart how He can bring beauty from ashes and has done that completely in my life. I feel so honored and grateful that I get to share that with people and then I get to tell my story with people on how the Lord completely has transformed this awful and depressing and terrible tragedy into something so beautiful. For me, moving forward, no matter how hard this gets, I'm choosing to trust God. You know, the most important thing about this table is not, is not what's on the table. And it's not even what's surrounding the table, although those are the things that take all of our attention, all of our focus, all of our bandwidth, because it's swirling. The most important thing at this table is who's at this table, and it's him. David was prophesying something of the future when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Because he wasn't talking about a distant God. He wasn't talking about a generic God. We know him as Jesus, the good shepherd. Jesus said it himself in John chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So we share a table together. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and his sheep follow him, for they know his voice. See, the one inviting you to this table gets to decide what's at this table. And I can tell you what's not invited to this table is fear. 
fear is not invited to this table. Anxiety is not invited to this table. Depression and oppression and hopelessness not invited to this table. Addiction, hurts, unforgiveness, bitterness, not invited to the table. Can I tell you what is invited? Unfailing love. A hope that doesn't make any logical sense, but it's abiding hope in you. Joy that's not dependent upon whatever it is that's surrounding the table. That joy that's your strength, that is what's served up at this table. And your shepherd, he's sitting here and he's inviting you every day. Come sit at the table. And I get this all the time and I get it because some people think that pastors have this like, you know, channel to God and that I can just help, you know, connect with him in different ways than you can. But I'm telling you that we all have the same invitation to the table. I don't have a different table than you do. I just have, I just have a choice and it's my choice alone. And this is my prayer for our kids because our kids can't invite, we can't invite our kids to our table. You can't invite your spouse to your table. It's your table. It has, it has unique things on it that, that are for you in your time of need. And so really the only question, the question isn't does God love you or that can you connect with him or can you hear him? The question is, are you going to say yes to his amazing invitation to say, let me be your shepherd? And it starts with, come on, sit down. Don't be in a hurry. Come sit down. I've prepared a table for you. I've prepared intimate moments where I would speak life into your soul. And you don't have to learn how to hear me. Because I speak to you like you know how to hear me. You don't have to take a Bible class in theology to learn how to hear God. You just have to sit down at the table and listen to the things he would put in your heart. I love you. I'm for you. I've been waiting for you. And I've got everything you need. It's right here everything you need. And that doesn't mean that your problems are going to instantly go away. I'm not necessarily parting the Red Sea so that you can just float about in the midst of life. I am here and it's everything you need. And frankly, the biggest witness that you will ever be and that I will ever be is that in the midst of my struggles, I was able to find living water. Come on, I don't have answers to life's problems and dilemmas. I don't know why some people get healed and some people don't. I don't know why, why some people struggle with certain things and others don't. But what I can tell you is that whatever's going on, come on, there's always living water available. Always. If you would just say yes and say, God, I'm going to drink today. I'm going to eat today. This stuff's going to go bad by tomorrow. It's for today. There'll be a different plate tomorrow. 
Because Lord knows tomorrow's going to be a struggle. And it'll be different struggles than today. And even if it's just in my own mind, it's going to be a struggle. And so God says, tomorrow there's a table. And it's got everything you need for tomorrow. So don't save this for tomorrow. You can't do meetings today and meet with me tomorrow. Come on, come be with me today because I got enough for you today. Father God, I thank you for the invitation to the table. from a father in heaven that would say, I want to be your shepherd today. I recognize that, that left on your own, you can't make it through. So let me be your shepherd. Let me lead you. I've gone before you and now I'm calling you by name. Come, come sit with me at the table. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. There's lots of food here.